0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: critters and creeps to another episode of Cadavercast. cast i'm al burnham
2: and i'm cadaver dad jeff burnham
1: and we are coming to you from the frankenstein's monkey farm <laughs> i almost said
2: you almost said monkey yeah, yeah you sure did
1: <laughs> well
2: what are we doing today what are we covering
1: um and today we are doing ghostbusters afterlife from 2021 last year
2: Yes, sir. We tend not to do a ton of recent movies, but look at us. Almost modern.
1: <laughs> almost. So close. So
2: close. One but it was
1: old. a Ghostbusters movie, so we had to kind of watch <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, so we wouldn't be up to date if it weren't Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's, well, that's it's probably not fair. To, well, yeah,
1: I guess it is the most recent. Movie. <laughs> it
2: is the most recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also it didn't help that the movie got delayed a whole bunch because of, you know, COVID. Yeah. So that didn't help. We didn't see it for a long, long time as a result. Uh, And then, yeah, we just watched it a week or two ago. Or like a week ago, I guess, at this point. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to record about it. But we watched it about a week ago. And we've been chatting about it a little bit Mm -hmm. on Uh and off. And figured we'd put an episode out here laying down these thoughts. So, Alistair, my man, Ghostbusters Afterlife... Where do we want to start with this? Do love- we want to start talking about it, like in the scope of the series, or just talk about it as a as a movie first? It's like,
1: kind of like I don't know. Um, but I don't want to say it's very good.
2: You like this one a lot, yeah? No?
1: I like it a lot. Um, it brings back. It's basically like the first movie, just in the future. It's. Almost like a literal direct sequel.
2: But, like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's like uh, a remake and a sequel at once, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's like, what you like about it is that it's bringing back that first Ghostbusters story, but for, like, a new generation, that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah, like,
1: Ghostbusters the next generation.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, like, hitting those points of the first movie... Mm-hmm. I guess it, it would make sense to you because you've seen a lot of movies doing that recently. Yeah. You know, the Star Wars um, uh, uh, Force Awakens, right? Very much Star Wars A New Hope again, but with new characters, new generation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would make sense. Um, I was not as crazy about it as you were. Uh, I was a big fan of the first half of Ghostbusters. After oh, yeah, like. yeah. I'll, I'll put that out there. The second half, not so crazy about it. There
1: wasn't as many ghosts. Like, we didn't get
0: to see them.
2: Yeah, the that sequence, the whole, you know, um, this movie's version of the the magic sequence from the first movie. Uh, there we go. That's the I think that's the name of the song, uh, where all the ghosts are going around, and there's, like, the one in the hot dog cart and the one driving the cab in the first Ghostbusters yes. and Slimer's there. We do get right? the
1: cab. We do get the cab one in this.
2: Yeah, one. we get a few different, like ghosts in that sequence, but not a ton there, not a ton of other ghosts earlier either. Uh, very much centered around Gozer and all of that.
1: They're bringing back, like, basically everything except the one thing that I really wanted, Slimer.
2: Yeah, let's not get, it, get the complaints out of the way. There you go. Yeah, Slimer was not there. That was a surprise.
1: Yeah. like They brought being, everything. Yeah, except, like, the most obvious thing to bring back. Slimer,
2: like yeah, it it would actually make a lot more sense to bring Slimer back than to bring the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man back in any form, because like that was a manifestation of Ray's thoughts in the first movie. So then to have just like a bunch of random Stay Puft Marshmallow Men.
1: Though like, I like them,
2: yeah, I mean, like you were cracking up during that sequence. Oh, Holy cow! Oh,
0: they're just so funny. <laughs>
2: they they get up to some like wacky antics for sure. But that was that was a surprise to not see Slimer to get all the way to the end because I was sure during the you know this movie's magic sequence that we would get Slimer. I don't remember. I don't know if that's the name of the song. If I'm totally wrong. I <laughs> Whatever, so, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the pink lights are coming out of the Ghostbusters, you know, uh, firehouse and all that stuff. But there was a monster in here that you did like, or a ghost rather.
1: Uh, the Muncher,
2: yeah,
1: Muncher. He's pretty great.
2: Yeah, Muncher is a lot of fun. Real cartoony, very much like a real Ghostbusters ghost. Well, very we'll much. talk about um, Muncher if you like Muncher. Let's yeah. talk about Muncher. We can so, talk about the story, whatever you want to tackle first. I'm pretty here, pretty
1: sure. Well, no, I guess the first ghost. Is the one in the beginning, like the yeti monster.
2: Oh, well, in the the beginning, beginning, it's one of the monster dog ghosts.
1: Yeah, but it's more like human.
2: Yeah, it like stands up on its hind legs.
1: It's like really scary,
2: too. That's a spooky scene, for sure. Well, okay, let's talk about that, then. Let's just start there. Yeah. What's wild about Mm. the opening scene?
1: So, you have um, Egon, I'm pretty sure. Egon? Egon, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I, I got close. You got um, close. Egon is, like, he's on the place that they call the dirt farm. Right. And he's a dirt farmer, like, because he doesn't plant anything.
2: Yeah, and they just show him, like, in shadows. It's at night. hmm We see uh, like, Egon driving around and, you know, fighting the, the devil dog.
0: He doesn't really fight it, though.
2: Well, I mean, he, like, you know... Stands up to it, I guess, mm-hmm. more accurately. Uh, but, yeah, he... I mean, obviously, what's weird about that, or or at least interesting, is Harold Ramis died, right? Some years ago. And so, Harold Ramis is not playing Egon, but there's Egon
0: mm-hmm.
2: looking an awful lot like Harold Ramis. When they keep him in the shadows, though, in the beginning there, it it's decent. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was too um, bad at all, like, the way that it looked.
1: It's very scary, though, with him. Like, you can see the little, like... Footsteps.
2: Oh, when, when the invisible ghost mm-hmm. is walking across the like, dirt.
1: And he, Egon tries to trap the ghost, but his energy creators like fail.
2: Right, yeah. So Yeah, yeah he's got the big ol' um energy I don't know turbine unit. I don't know what the heck well, he's got know. built up there. Some Egon contraption though. Yeah. Enough to try to capture Gozer.
0: Yep
1: doesn't work so he goes back inside sits on a chair. well
2: and like yeah i guess we have to spoil this i guess
1: it's not really spoilers it's literally the first part of the movie yeah
2: i mean like if somebody hasn't seen it though i mean heavy spoilers obviously that's our show so yeah <laughs> um we'll try not to i don't know that it's possible to spoil the ending too much i mean we already said it's just the first movie again Yeah, like at the end so it's very similar but Okay, yep. Finish talking about the opening. Um, Why not?
1: <laughs> and then you get to see it, and it very much looks like a Yeti.
2: When it stands up on yeah, its hind legs. It, yeah. And then, well, because it's like um, wispy. It's got kind of like a smokeness to it, like a Yeah, spectral And it makes it thing. look like, I don't know.
1: like a Yeti. And it becomes the chair Egon is sitting on.
2: Like in the first Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yep.
1: And then, like, just attacks
0: him.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like what happens to Dana. When she gets um, possessed and becomes the gatekeeper. And mm-hmm. notice, yeah. So, like, I'm explaining, like, <laughs> this thing is that thing from the first movie. And they do that a lot. And that I really didn't mind too much in the first half yeah. of the movie. Like, nods here and there. Really cool. Um, they They put just enough in that I felt you know, not overly fan-serviced, but I also got the new characters Mm -hmm. uh, who we haven't even talked about.
1: The movie is very funny.
2: Yeah, yeah, we laughed a lot. Um. I mean, I guess, you know, especially at the first half of the movie, right? Like, and I mean, in the last half, there's still some really, really good stuff, too. But the first half in particular had a whole lot going for it, at least in terms of you know, bringing something new to the table, we had a new location we had new characters we had literally the next generation of uh ghostbusters in that uh the characters in the movie the our main characters, the mom and the two kids are related to egon how
1: the mom is egon's daughter, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, and our like our main characters are his grandchildren,
2: yeah. Um, Phoebe played by McKenna Grace and Trevor played by Finn Wolfhard, uh, Finn Wolfhard who everybody would know best from Stranger Things, uh, McKenna Grace who's in a whole bunch of stuff, uh, namely for me, among the, the stuff that I like the most, I like Annabelle, uh, what's the, what's the one called? Annabelle, Annabelle Comes Home, it's, uh, me? a Conjuring movie, but it's real silly, She's in... Real goofy fun.
1: Okay, so I think... Wait, she was the um the girl character, right? Yeah,
2: with the glasses. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. She is very funny.
2: Yeah, I liked her a lot.
1: Um, uh, Apparently,
2: the kid who played podcast has only been in this movie, at least according to uh, Letterboxd. I mean, he may have done some television or something, but I guess, I guess that's it.
0: We're doing movie-wise. about a...
1: We're doing a podcast and talking about a podcast. A, a character
2: named Podcast? Yeah. Um,
1: uh, oh, what is it? Uh, I think I can say some of the jokes in there, in the movie.
2: You like, want to spoil yeah. some of the jokes? All right.
1: Just, like, one I of them it's really. It's your show, um, my man.
2: What, why, what's, what's with the jokes? Like, are you, are you talking about, like.
1: The first one. Like,
2: the jokes that Phoebe's telling or the comedy in the movie?
1: The jokes that Phoebe's telling, definitely. Um, Okay,
2: so then, well, why don't you set up what the deal is with Phoebe and why these jokes exist in the movie?
1: So, she is basically, like, Egon, but... Right. And, like, with the jokes, like, because she's trying to have, like, friends, I guess, so she wants to
2: have, like... (laughs) Right, moving to a new town. Yeah. Because Egon left New York, stole a bunch of the Ghostbusters stuff. And went to live in the middle of nowhere to fight Gozer. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, on his own. So, the the uh, his, his daughter inherits the house after he's gone. And, yeah, they move out to this house in Oklahoma. Where they don't know anybody. The kids are new in town, of course. You know, like, they've never been here. So, it's, you know, this fish out of water story kind of a thing. But Phoebe is... A kid Egon. Yeah. Right? And has all the social skills of a kid egon.
1: <laughs> yes. Egon is very bad at that.
2: He's super awkward. He's not a guy with the greatest yeah. social skills.
1: <laughs> um Though she does have some very good jokes. Um yeah. a lot of like Eon jokes too that are very funny.
2: Like trying to be funny, trying to be humorous, and it's like so forced. It goes from being painfully unfunny to funny again, right? It like crosses Mm -hmm. the line.
1: So, like the first time you see her, um, there's like a like kind of like a short brownout, and she's like, um, and she's like trying to fix the power,
2: yeah, something. She's tapped into the apartment buildings, Mm -hmm. like I don't know the electrical grid or whatever. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah. Uh, The one that I really liked was like. Their summer school teacher was like he's trying to detect the source of like a mysterious like ghost power or something right,
2: and that's paul rudd did you, did you recognize him Paul Rudd, who plays uh what's his name oh. Gary yeah Gary Gruberson no I' a not. seismologist and summer school teacher as it happens I'm not he plays Ant Man in the Marvel movies, really, yeah.
1: Haven't seen I haven't seen any of the Ant Man movies in a long time.
2: I guess not. I mean he was in the you know, the last Avengers movies. Or at least the, the last one. Because remember in Endgame oh, spoilers for the opening of Endgame, I guess. <laughs> remember yeah. half of the half of all living beings have been erased from existence and in the beginning of the movie he comes back. He had been in the quantum like, universe or whatever, down at the quantum level, and he comes back to find that half of everybody's gone. Do you remember that?
1: Um, no, i do not oh, those right. that at be- all.
2: He becomes necessary for them to, like, time travel.
1: But he's like, I can't, like, triang- triangulate it, which, like, right. so three detectors, and he's like, Yeah, <laughs> BB, I thought you were being obtuse. Wait, no,
2: wait, 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 wait. Hold yeah. on, no, 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 no. You're it messing it up. Because he's. He's talking about how he triangulated he's try he's been trying to triangulate the source of the seismic events which are like caused by Gozer, like coming back right. or whatever, right? And he's been trying to triangulate it and Phoebe says, Did you use three sensors? And he says, I know how many sides a triangle has to which she replies
1: <laughs> I thought we're being obtuse.
2: <laughs> right. And with a little wink. Yeah.
1: And then like
2: That one cracked you up. You mm-hmm. were you were losing it for that one. <laughs> but then the
1: part that made it even more uh funny was he was like was that a geometry joke? Phoebe's like, Yes, that's why I weeped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very
2: funny Yeah. And and I liked Phoebe a lot. I like the idea of a of a kid Egon that was really fun, you know, um I like Finn Wolfhard's character Trevor who's just a regular kid. You know, he hasn't he has no like particular scientific aptitude and he's just trying to fit in, you know, in this new community. Um and he likes a local girl and everything. And I and I like that there's this whole setup of there's this family, this really dysfunctional family who's in this rough situation who end up accidentally finding themselves forced to be the new Ghostbusters. There's something about that as an idea that I'm really drawn to. And I really enjoyed that, you know, getting to watch Trevor sort of stumbling through the awkwardness of teenage years, knowing that like any day now he's going to have a proton pack on his back. I I like that, you know, I like that tension of yeah. how is this going to get there? Wh- like, how is Trevor going to cope with this? Is Phoebe going to be able to deal with the pressures to get people to rally around her to fight ghosts, you know, with her mm-hmm. being so socially awkward? I was way into that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, like, they brought back everything, so. because Except of Slimer. How, like, and Rick
2: Moranis. Of course, Moranis. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> of course
1: yeah. like, they couldn't, because of how the end is, like, I don't want to spoil it, because, but because of how the end is, they couldn't really bring back the state of Marshmallow Man in the exact Way, so they bring back a bunch of little ones, right? And right, they're right. like tiny, and cute, and insanely funny.
2: Yeah, they a solid what eight to ten minutes of the movie is just inside a Walmart watching these little guys like screw around. I mean, that's maybe overestimating it, but it was it's like a really really long time. It feels that it you're fe- just watching them,
1: but it feels screw around. um. But it feels like less time because it's so funny. Yeah, I
2: mean, we were laughing um, a lot during it for sure.
1: There's like, um, one of the scenes. There's like one of them walks into like a grill and then melts. One and then there's like another one that takes. I don't know what they are.
2: Oh, and they're like making mm-hmm. s'mores out of each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah and, and there's like, one
1: that like stabs two of them and then puts them over the
2: yeah, grill, roasts them over the fire. <laughs> Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. I love how, like, this is the one thing that I really do like about the mini Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, is that they are pure chaos. Yeah. Like, they don't Uh even care if they individually get melted. Like, they are just they're they like put, gremlins that's yeah, what they are they're like gremlins. Put one of
1: them in a literal blender
2: yeah yeah they're like gremlins that's what that's that's really why uh-huh. like the humor of that kind of works is that it's just chaos like gremlins
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um
1: so it's pretty great um like but it's like um in the later half i like the earlier half better than the later half it's like the later half is just Ghostbusters again.
2: Sure, sure, sure. Like. I mean, man. I don't want you to feel the same way I feel about it. Like, I want you to feel your own it, way like, about the movie. I kind
1: of, it's kind of like that, but, like, it's good. Um, It has some very different parts. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it's just, part of it is just the same thing again. It's like, well, I don't know.
2: I mean you haven't even been talking about that last half of the movie yeah, which the usually we're half. at within 10 minutes of the start of the episode because the last half Phoebe and Trevor I mean they're still there but the movie definitely takes a lot of agency out of the characters hands in order to give more agency to other more familiar characters and also to just repeat certain narrative beats again there's the the creation of the uh gatekeeper and keymaster happens again so it's just you know two of our random characters become you know gatekeeper and keymaster so I, that I was less crazy about i mean some like and some of that stuff works like not on not like on a whole necessarily but there's the stuff where one of the characters is getting chased by one of the the like the dogs you know mm-hmm. the dog monsters and that's a pretty good sequence, you know? Like, that's a really good execution of that sequence. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the things that I have problems with I have total problems with. It's like an element of each, you know, and kind of Mm -hmm. the last half is like, you know, because... And it, like, alternates,
1: though. It alternates between, like, "Eh," and, like, funny and...
2: Mm, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. like
1: alternates. Really. And I think
2: I got a little more frustrated with it um, in no small part because, I mean, I am a screenwriter. I do teach screenwriting. And I'm not saying that I'm a better screenwriter than anybody who worked on this movie or anything to that effect. But I was as a screenwriter myself and someone who teaches screenwriting hoping to see some of these elements from the beginning pay off more clearly in a way that is beneficial to this new crew and i don't feel like the end of the movie did them a ton of justice they got to be a part of things but like i don't know should we should we talk about that ending like how that happens i don't i don't know i'll just i'll leave it at that the movie takes a lot of the agency out of their hands just to like repeat things from the first movie and that's where i had a problem with it um i mean i didn't Necessarily have a huge problem with like some of those choices because they make sense from a business perspective. But I definitely wanted more Phoebe, Trevor, you know, mm-hmm. and the family being um, Ghostbusters.
1: And like the, I did like the Egon ghost thing within like um, I think it was like a basement thing,
2: like when he's invisible.
1: Um, yeah, and he's like, and then Phoebe goes into like the basement. And he's, like, using lights to guide her. And yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And, like, it's also spooky. Cause it took me a little while to figure out what was happening. Oh, that it was Egon? Yeah. Cause <laughs> I'm like, Wait, what? Is a ghost doing this? Cause at first I thought it was the Yeti.
2: <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I liked that because it's a great way of, you know, using... This Egon character who never got a proper send off in the series because we never got a proper Ghostbusters 3 before Harold Ramis died, which many fans are still bitter over. I am sure. But Harold Ramis, you know, at least his character is here. Um, and I like those parts where he is invisible, where it is just clearly the spirit of Egon turning lights, guiding his family, trying to connect with them. After his death, right? That yeah. afterlife. And I like that a lot. its It's got a lot of heart to it, mm-hmm. despite the fact that it's just a light moving around a room.
1: And he's, like, like showing Phoebe, like, how to, like, fix the ghost thing?
2: Yeah, the like proton the, pack?
1: Yeah, which, I don't know, it makes no sense, because, like, if he can use the lights, like, wouldn't, would he be, like... I don't know. Would he be if is oh, he like spiriting the lights or something?
2: Well, or, yeah, like, he would he move. He moves the lights like with his, you know, like a, as a as a ghost. He can pass through things, but he can also probably channel his energy into a point to move things, right? Yeah, I but mean, then
1: couldn't he just fix the thing himself? He
2: could. I I at least have an explanation for that that makes sense. Uh, I think that he would want Phoebe to be able to fix it herself to make sure that she was capable of using it. Right. That makes sense. The bigger question is if he had a proton pack the whole time that was two bits away from being completed, why did he not have a proton pack in the beginning if he had one that was two bits away from being completed? Unless. Oh, wait, no, I may have just answered my own question. Unless the proton pack wasn't two steps away from being completed and he had been working on it since he died. There's that there's that possibility. Or, I didn't think about that. That explains it. That would explain it. I I, would, I wish I have thought of that. Before. Like during his like his um ghost hunting in the the opening scene like in that part, where, yeah, maybe, maybe. I, think, uh, I don't know. I yeah, at I least know. there's an explanation. I'm I'm just happy to have found an explanation for it because that was one of the logic holes in the movie. Um and I wouldn't call it like a plot hole because I mean a plot hole is where literally something does not make sense. Mm-hmm. A logic issue in a story is just when two things don't quite track. There's a and, couple of those. In this and there's movie. a couple of those. But that's, you know, that's kind of inevitable on a production of this kind of a scale, you know, especially a film that has a lot of history to, you know, uh show reverence to and it's got the 2016 movie's poor reception to Factor into all of the decisions that they're making, and so like from a business perspective, this movie was very difficult to put together. I am sure,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but also I can't imagine have been easy for Jason Reitman to and like and this may sound weird and go with me, (laughs) listeners, but like I can't imagine that Jason Reitman found it easy writing Ghostbusters in a way that would be totally pleasing to audiences specifically because he's probably too close to it you know i feel like growing up the son of ivan reitman ivan reitman made the first uh, yeah. the first movie right uh, the first two movies actually but um being that close to you know his father trying to replicate something that other people are fans of without being related to ivan reitman he can't himself be that kind of a fan, right? And understand exactly what fans want. So yeah, I understand why he was hired from a business perspective, right? Let's hire Jason Reitman, keep it in the family. But then, yeah, I mean, he's just in a tough position, I think, you know, I can't, I can't imagine it was easy to try to put yourself in the mindset of a fan rather than son of the director, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, okay. that that's my musings on Jason Reitman. Uh, I, I could be totally wrong, Jason Reitman, because I know you're an avid listener. He's not an avid listener. Uh, <laughs> let us know, Jason. I don't know Jason Reitman. I wouldn't call him by his first name, uh, but <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about, though, right, man? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, get us back into the story of the movie, though. What, um, what else do you want to talk about?
1: <laughs> oh, we got sidetracked. We were going to talk about munch, but then we got oh
2: yeah. Uh, um, Muncher, right? That was his name, kinda Muncher? Like,
1: yeah, he's kind of, like, basically, like, the first ghost that I mean,
0: they he's, fight.
2: Yeah, and he's very slimery, right? He's, yeah. he's Slimer-esque.
1: Uh-huh. Um, and he, like, eats things, um... Metal. Metal. Specifically. Um, and then he, like... Well, what I, does he
2: look like? Describe him, because that was one of the things that you liked like, most okay. about him.
1: He's, like, if you take Slimer, make him blue, make him longer, and, then give him a, more legs.
2: Yeah, didn't he have, like, a tardigrade thing going yeah. for him?
1: It was, like, basically, like, a ghost tardigrade, almost.
2: Yeah, a metal-eating blue Slimer tardigrade. Yeah. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. I mean, like, and he's, again, he's real cartoony, but it's it's a funny-looking creature, and, and they, they actually he- use it intelligently on a narrative level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some good uh, plant-and-payoff stuff with Montreal. One of
1: my favorite things about him is that, like, he can then shoot out the metal as like shrapnel. And that's yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, like almost like machine gunning, like, you know, like a spray of just, yeah, shrapnel. Yeah. Um, like he's shooting it out like a gun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really cool. Yeah, um, I like that. Oh, what else?
2: Um, Do you want to talk about the story a little bit oh, more wait, before I we move of on to segments? Yeah, to let's talk about the car. Yeah, let's talk about the car, yeah. Um,
1: they bring back the car,
2: the Ecto One. Yeah.
1: Um. There's like a remote control like trap.
2: I yeah. Like that's like
1: faster than the car. Somehow. Yeah, it's really
2: neat. Egon built like a trap that is remote controlled,
1: but it is that, with
2: wheels that can roll out of the bottom of the Ecto One.
1: Is somehow faster than it?
2: Yeah. You know, and that may come from like a cartoon or something. I don't know. That may be some and that thing that exists elsewhere. And I also feel like um the the side hatch door is also something that we saw elsewhere that I feel like my toys as a kid could do a thing like that and I could just be making it up oh, but okay. the the door coming out of the side with the ghostbuster being able to sit on a chair you know out the side mm-hmm. of the car and shoot while they're driving that feels like a thing that the ecto-1 that we had as a kid could do, but I could be totally making that yeah, up. Yeah,
1: because I feel like the original one couldn't do those, and I feel like when Egon... Yeah, they
2: never fought in the car in the first movie. No,
1: and I feel like Egon... egon it. it.
2: <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, and... Contraptions are very cool. Oh, what other contraptions did he make? Of course you have like the ghost detector? Like the ghost detectors there? Yeah, the,
2: the uh PKE meter. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Um, what's it even stand for?
2: What <sighs> uh psychokinetic energy? Um, yeah. Detector. I'm I'm throwing that out there. That actually also, makes a
1: lot of sense.
2: I was trying to find a picture of the Ecto one toy that we would have had as a kid. Uh, it actually
1: kind of makes sense there.
2: I mean, uh, we'll we'll make sure uh psychokinetic energy ghostbusters movies. Yeah, there we go. Nailed it.
1: So, yeah, um we have got that one of my most favorite like ghost part things is with the chessboard.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about.
1: Um yeah, and I don't know I don't think I don't know if it was I'm pretty sure it was Egon. I think um, maybe, but, like, the chessboard. Oh,
2: uh, i just, I just figured out what I was thinking about with the 1984 uh, Ecto-1 vehicle, but we'll come back to that after the, uh, the chess discussion.
1: So, like, I don't know what it was, but, like, the chessboard is moved. Like, one day, Phoebe wakes up, and the chessboard in her room has one of the pawns moved. Right. So, like, she plays a move, and then the next time she comes back, like, another thing is moved. Yeah. And then she was again. And, like,
0: it's really cool.
2: Yeah. It's how it's like her introduction to her grandfather. Right? Mm-hmm. And that Yeah, that's really neat. Okay. Uh, can I show you this really quick? Yeah. All right. See, this is what I was thinking. Because I told you, like, I felt like the one that we had as a kid had something like that. And it did but you'll see the Ecto 1 toy from 1984 has a chair on the top with a gun attachment. So it's not it doesn't come out the side, it's on the top, which oh,
0: you know that cool. yeah, that
2: makes a that makes sense cuz like I said, it just it all felt so familiar to me the whole time. I just didn't bother to look it up, but the yeah, on on the top of the car there was the gunner. They so. get
1: arrested?
2: They do get arrested.
1: I'm pretty sure because uh Trevor doesn't have a driver's license. And he's driving the Ecto One.
2: Yeah, well, he's uh 15, so yeah.
1: And like they say, it, and like they say that he's failed his like driver's test like a bunch of times.
2: Wait, if he's 15, though,
1: I'm pretty sure they said. I I remember.
2: Yeah, no, they they absolutely do say that, but I don't know. I feel like you had to be 16 to get your license. Uh, in most states, you can get your license as early as age 16. Yes. So, I I don't know. That does feel weird. Like, that doesn't quite track. Like, he should be 16, but he's only 15? Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, anything else to say about the story or the characters? Um, uh, no. <laughs> no? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we really miss too much i mean we could talk more about the individual character traits how much egon's daughter hates him how um you know how much uh, gary gruberson you know, is is goofy and, you know, I, I will say this. Okay, let me talk about this. I do like this. This is something that I think is cool. In order to tie this into the first movie and have it so that Egon's grandkids were not aware that, you know, their their grandpa was a Ghostbuster, the Ghostbusters in this world are, like, all but forgotten about. There are tons of people who just, especially younger generations, just don't know anything about, like, the Ghostbusters themselves being real. And the reports of ghosts in New York City, like, they weren't alive to remember that, you know, and it was way before their time, so they just never heard about it, right? Because there haven't been any ghosts since Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah, um, and there is, like, there's, like, a thing with that with podcasts, and he's, like... Um, with the trap when they bring it in. Right. And they try to open it. And then he's like, how do you of all people not know what this is? And he's like, I'm very disappointed with myself.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, because podcast does a, a like a supernatural conspiracy theory kind of podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, very much like the one guy in Steven Universe who has the blog.
0: Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that guy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so. The the way she ends up having to learn about Ghostbusters is look it up online and like watch YouTube videos of the Ghostbusters turning up at, you know, Dana Barrett's apartment building to fight off Gozer and Zool and the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like and that's just on YouTube for them. It's just a thing it's like a part of their history that isn't really talked about because it never amounted to much, you know. It was like that that one little short period of time where there was this weird psychic disturbance, you know, and then uh, Gozer got whooped and sent back to another dimension only to try to come back in Oklahoma. There's a reason for that. I mean, uh, do you remember why it's this place in particular? Because Evo Shandor got the weird conductor metal that he built Dana Barrett's apartment building from from this town. It's like a mining town. And that was what they mined.
0: Um
1: like the mining town like a bunch of the miners kept like like basically doing suicide, I guess?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, like jumping into a bottomless pit. Yeah, basically. Yeah.
1: So then like the mine is now abandoned?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and, it's, and
2: it's like a gateway to, you know, to the other realm where, you know, Gozer and all them chill, I guess, when they're not trying to destroy our world.
0: Probably plan to destroy it.
2: You know, just, I wonder if Gozer would even, like, need to plan things or whatever. I don't know. Because, I mean, like, you'd think you could just pop into another universe that's way weaker than you and just obliterate it. So I don't know if any planning goes into that too much.
1: Yeah. Because she probably thinks like the Ghostbusters by now are probably gone. Yeah. She doesn't think that there's like.
2: Well, I wish that one of the things that we had talked about is like it would have been cool if there was there were new forms there, right? Like Gozer can look like whatever Gozer wants, but then just looks the same as before, and that's interesting. I mean, it's like we know it then as as you know this character, but it seems like a missed opportunity to do something weird with it or have the character transform during the film into some new form that's better suited to one-on-one, you know, or, like, mm-hmm. I guess one-on-however-many fighting the Ghostbusters, you know, mm-hmm. without a giant Stay puff Marshmallow Man to help you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: well, there's a bunch
0: sense. of
2: them. Well, I mean, there's tiny ones, yeah. But they, they aren't necessarily, you know, the form of the Destructor. They're just random marshmallows that got turned into... Little marshmallow. Yeah, man. but
1: they are wrecking the car.
2: I mean, they they are, they are not helping. That's for sure.
1: They're doing the exact opposite. Yes, and frankly, they are very much just ruining the car.
2: Absolutely, that's all they're
1: doing. In the <laughs>
2: absolutely, end. Um, well, you know what, man, uh, that was the last thing that I wanted to say before we get into our sections. If you've got nothing else,
1: so yeah, let's do beastly Best.
2: the coolest monster moment.
1: Oh. Uh-huh. You do yours first. I need to, time to think.
2: Okay, mine is probably I don't know. I want to say there's there's a payoff with Muncher. I I don't know that it's like the coolest monster moment, but it was the moment that I was most like impressed by, at least on a on a screenwriting level. The payoff that was devised for Muncher is really smart, and I and I was just happy to see that that kind of like a really smart plant and pay off. Um, really subtle. But otherwise, yeah, the monster stuff is a lot of the same stuff from the first movie, so I'm just trying to think of things that aren't the first movie stuff. I would and probably
0: that- say
1: Mini State Puff
2: Marshmallows. Just all of the Mini State yeah. Puff Marshmallows? Yeah. Well, especially the whole sequence in Walmart, which you found hysterical.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, sequence in the car is still funny.
2: Yeah, when they're driving around chasing a uh, muncher like through the town and like destroying the town, trying to catch this ghost. I love that. I thought that was really
1: mm-hmm. fun. Um and then you have like them just the mini state puff marshmallows just destroying the car, like
0: eating the car, I think. Yeah, so they're up. like
2: messing around with wires and
0: And like Pucking their
2: bodies into, like, (laughs) important little, you know, bits and pieces to, to, like, gum up the works. And, like,
1: but they're not even, but they're not even, like, no one's even controlling them. They're just being chaos. Mm -hmm. They're, like, frankly, I would call them the
0: embodiment of chaos.
2: The embodiment of chaos, yeah. Yeah. Chaotic evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Chaotic chaos.
2: Well, then, let's get spooked, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I would say with the lights, that is pretty spooky.
2: You're spooked out by the lights? Yeah, basement too. Yeah, I think the opening sequence with Egon is, for me, the spookiest. When he, like, goes and sits in the chair and he's,
0: yeah, like, just kind
2: of waiting for the ghost to to come get him, you know? I mean, he's got a plan because he's got something that he can fight it with, but, like, he's not... Like, he doesn't stand a chance. And that's real spooky, especially because, you know, the extra textual context of that is that Harold Ramis died, so we don't expect Harold Ramis to play a character in the movie, right? And so when Egon shows up looking like Harold Ramis in the beginning in Shadow... It's a surprise, you know, and you kind of don't want him to go because it's Egon, and we wanted another movie with Egon, but we never got it. So I don't know, there's something that's really spooky about that sequence in and of itself, but also on an extra textual level has all of this connotation that that adds to the tension there. Mm. What segments next?
1: Funny bones.
2: Funny bones. Al, what is the funniest part? And I, you could, I know you could say the Stay Puft Marshmallows, but how about you pick one of their little shenanigans?
0: <gasps>
1: okay,
2: see, I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to say it again
1: uh, That is very hard' there's a couple of very good segments, um probably with the grill
2: the grill, oh yeah, that's funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: agreed, agreed, that's really funny. There's some stuff really early on with the family that I liked a lot uh they're like when we're learning about them, the way that they tell us about characters through comedy really worked for me. Like on like it, it was really, really funny, but also was serving a lot of other functions in the story. So again, I just appreciated that on a on a screenwriting level early on, how they're using humor to teach us about character. But then finally, Alistair, scream themes. <laughs> You got a message that you see this movie imparting to viewers. Because all movies, all TV shows, all narratives convey some sort of message. Whether we like it or not, they do. And so this one, somewhere in there, by the end of the story, has told us something about the human condition. Do you have any ideas, my man?
1: I don't know how to say this.
2: Say it the best you can, and I'll help you sort it out. Um, Just get it out.
1: Some things that don't fit in are good
2: Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. That, like, it's something about the character of Phoebe, right? That people would look at Phoebe and think that Phoebe is, you know, uh, useless, maybe not worth talking to, too weird to be a friend, you know, or whatever. But what people fail to see is that Phoebe has a lot of value Mm -hmm. as a human being, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, I wish the movie had more time to give us more of that. But the movie definitely does deal with this girl who has social anxiety issues. Or maybe not social anxiety. She just doesn't know how to deal with people socially, like Egon. But that because of that, people tend not to recognize how great she is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't see a lot of that. But that is in the story. We're told that at least. So yeah, absolutely. That is in there. I like that, man. Good job. (laughs) Thanks. Well, you want to tell our listeners where they can find us online, support us, all that kind of business?
1: You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash word salad.
2: Oh, and I didn't tell you, or maybe I did in May, we are dropping the 50th episode of Cinemuck, which is my Patreon-exclusive podcast. Uh hitting fifty man that's that's a big deal, yeah, I don't know what i'm gonna do for it yet, but it's gonna be big. I only realized it was gonna be the fiftieth <laughs> like <laughs> while editing the forty ninth so yeah, but um yeah Patreon.com slash word salad, check us out there, get exclusive content, Alistair Howells can they support us?
1: You can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Instagram at cadavercast. You can find us on Facebook at the Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. You can find our merch at com slash cadavercast.
2: There you go. You got that one out. And email...
1: And you can email us at cadavercast at gmail dot com.
2: Yep. And then, you know, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts help, that sort of thing. I think Spotify has ratings or something. Uh, Those things are always helpful, too. Uh, But we are going to be back in May with our Critters Countdown episode. We're going to rank all the Critters movies together. Yeah. So we're going to marathon all those over the course of the next, you know, well, I guess it wouldn't be a marathon, but we're going to watch them all over the course yeah. of the next week or two. And then, uh, yeah, get our list put together mm-hmm. of the proper ranking of Critters films. Definitely. <laughs> so look forward to that. And that, I think, is it from us. We do... Have our schedule opening up a little bit. Some of your stuff is coming to an end club wise, lessons wise. We don't know if we're going to be able to find any more dance classes that work with your schedule and stuff. So we're looking at having things loosen up a little bit so we can get back into doing this because I don't know. I've missed doing this a lot. So, yeah, yeah, we, we need to do do more of this stuff, more more monsters and chatting about monsters.
1: Definitely.
2: So look forward to that in the future, Critters and Creeps. Alistair, why don't you get us signed out?
1: You've been listening to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Alberta,
2: and I'm Cadaver dad Jeff Burnham.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you.